Welcome to the Christ Life Ministries podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Olubi Johnson. For more information about this podcast and our other resources, please visit spcconline.org. God bless you. Then he gave me another revelation, which I wrote in the Joshua generation. This is back 30 years ago. And there's still the generation. Jesus is speaking. And he begins to tell them about the end time and all the things. He said, and when you see these things come to pass, let's go there. It's in Matthew 24. Hello? We're going to get to 24 in a minute. I know you know what people want to hear. You know, I, I'm going to obey God. I'm not going to make the mistake and I take him it. I'm not going to put the teaching ministry above the prophetic ministry. See, people want to come on a day like this and just hear, God, we bless you. And, and I'm going to say that one too. <laughs> because God is going to bless you. But you know, my own is going to be conditional. <laughs> That's what true prophets do. I must tell you the truth. I must not let you live in a world of, you know, fake sense of security that will kill you if you don't know the truth. But if I tell you the truth and you're properly prepared, then you will succeed. I got amen only from the pastors. What's wrong with our mouths over there? Thank you. Right. Matthew chapter 24. Who's still on my side? And it's verse uh, 36, somewhere there. Yes. I'm going to read, yes, from verse 32. Just has been teaching on the end time. Derek Prince, Kenneth Hagen, all true prophetic teachers, and there are many false ones. That's why I said that. I'll be dealing with that later in the new year. Overcoming the deception of lying prophets. There are plenty of them. And usually they are the older prophets. Remember the old prophet? He lied to the younger prophet. And the, younger, the young prophet was gullible. And it cost him his life. Anyway. So, all the true prophets will tell you this. Matthew 24 is the stem. Of prophecy, end time prophecy. Every other thing branches out from it. Doctors who have done anatomy, they will tell you when you take the skeleton of the human being, you understand, you've got the spinal cord that runs from the base here right through. All the nerves and everything go through that. It's the stem. Then every other thing branches out from it. That's how Matthew 24 is. And that's why Jesus taught it. Because they asked him three questions. He said, when shall these things be? You know? And what will be the sign of your coming? And what will be the end of the world? And he said, take heed that you be not deceived. Then he begins this wonderful discourse. And explain, he breaks it down. You know? And when he said all of the things, he now said, now, everybody open your mouth. Learn 
a parable of the fig tree. When his branch is yet put forth leaves, you know that summer is nigh. So, likewise ye. God did not expect his church to be ignorant. We're not supposed to be walking in darkness. It's in 1 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians. He said, you are not in darkness that that day should overtake you as a thief. He said, you should know perfectly the times and the seasons. It's, it's very sad and disheartening that the church has not been taught properly the prophetic. And we got a lot of fake rubbish all over the whole place. We should not be in ignorance. You should be able to know. Of course, you won't know the day and the hour. You will not know the exact, no, no. But you will know the time and the season. And the purpose of knowing that is to prepare you. So that you can prosper in those seasons. When you are ignorant, you will not prepare. And when you don't prepare, you don't prosper. Like he told me, you know, in, in October. He said, I couldn't come. He said, you as an individual, you are ready to some degree, Yes. He said, but a lot of your people are not ready. He said, if I had come, it would have been a disaster. And that includes scripture pastoring. We're going to get it right now. Now learn. A parable of the fig tree. When his branch is yet tender and put it forth his leaves, you know that some eyes die. So likewise ye, when you shall see all these things, what things? Rumors, wars, rumors of wars, earthquakes, pestilences, all these things he had been talking about in the earlier part of Matthew 24. He said, when you see all of these things, and we have seen them. Correction, we are seeing them. No. When you see all these things, know that it is near. It's not there. It is near. Even at the doors. Then he tells us something. Verse 36, 34. Verily, I say unto you, this generation shall not pass until all these things be fulfilled. What generation? It was not his generation. They're dead. You know, Jesus died at the age of 33. Jerusalem was dis destroyed in AD 70. Almost 37 years. Almost 40 years later. You know, that's, you know that, that gives time span of prophetic fulfillment. Almost 40 years later. And he... You know, so I'm, I'm sure people are saying, oh, mind him. You know, just talking, 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 talking. See, see, nothing has happened. Nothing has happened. <laughs> he said, I say unto you. He said, you see this temple? He said, not one stone will be left upon the other until the whole thing will be dismantled. He said, and these people will be carried away into the Gentiles. Did it happen? But did it happen overnight? No. It happened in its season. After Jesus had taught it. So, it was, he, so it's not his generation. It was not just his generation. He was talking about the generation that sees the budding of the fig tree. 
<coughs> which, is typifi which typifies the natural nation of Israel. The generation that sees Israel restored back to the land is the generation from which you start counting down. He said, that generation will not pass until every other thing, the tribulation, everything he has said, the return of Jesus will, will, will take place. That generation will not pass. So the question then to ask is, what is a generation? And I'll tell you the answer. Very simple. It's about 100 years. God told Abraham, he said that I'm going to put your people in, a, you know, in another land for 400 years. He said, and in the fourth generation, Genesis chapter 15, I will bring them out. So, this is not based on Olubi's family or Boiga's family. This is based on what God said. So, that's why we can hold it. The generation is about 100 years. So, if you take 1948, when Israel became a nation, and you add 100 years, what do you get? 2048, which coincides with the end of the last season of tabernacles. This is a faithful saying that cannot be gainsaid. Can take it to the bank. Not because Olubi said it, but because it's in line with the word of God. The Bible says, if they speak not according to this word, it says because there is no light in them. So let's, let's now move on to 2024. But before I go to 2024, let me. So, excuse me. Yes. Good. So we got these three seasons. The season of trumpets is being fulfilled. The season of the of atonement is being fulfilled. We're in the last one now, in two sections. We're now in the season of ingathering. We're now gathering the revelation, the practice, the experience of the fruit of the Spirit, or the perfection of the love of God. That's where we're in now. We're at the tail end of it. Then we're going to enter the last season, which is this ingathering of the nations. So we're going to make disciples in every tribe, tongue, and kindred. And God doesn't play with words. He says exactly what he means. There will be disciples like Peter, James, and John, like the 12 and the 70, in every tribe. Every. The Yoruba, the Fulani, the Hausa, the Ibibio, the Efek, the Igbo, you know, the Kanuri. Every tribe. Nigeria alone has about 500. Nigeria alone. If you go to Congo, if you go to China, if you go to Russia, there are hundreds of tribes. It's not talking about geopolitical nations. It's talking about tribes. Ethnos. But that can only be done by the power of the Spirit without measure. So this last section, this last part, is going to be characterized by the release of the Spirit without measure upon the church. There will be those who will be in leadership that will inherit the full thing. Then there will be those who will be following them that will partake of it on a borrowed anointing. And together, I and the children that God has given me, they will make these disciples in every tribe, tongue, and kindred 
and it's only then the rapture will happen. Matthew 24, 14. This gospel of the kingdom will be preached for a witness unto all tribes. The word is ethnos. So then the end will come. So he tells you, he says, it's near, but it's not here yet. It's near, but it's not here yet. So, what of 2024? What is God saying for 2024? Very simple. 2024, and maybe a little bit of 2025, as the time unfolds, it will become clearer. See, because one thing we have to understand about prophetic shadows and fulfillment is that it is a God and man cooperation. See, because of a lack of understanding and, and the presumptuousness of the church, look at how the church has fallen flat on her face. And God allowed it to happen. To bring us to our senses and cause us to now become honest and humble ourselves so that we can um, grow and get better. All the prophets prophesied Trump was coming back. God didn't allow it to happen because we're not the will of God. We now know it's not the will of God, seeing the way the man has behaved afterwards. But people believed it. Fast forward to Nigeria. All, I, excluding me, <laughs> We're all pro they were all prophesying about what was going to happen during the elections. Everything failed. You know why? God wants to show the church that these their so-called prophets are not true prophets. Many of them are corrupted prophets. Many of them, some of them had originally a true anointing. But like Saul, that anointing became corrupted because of covetousness, primarily pride, stubbornness. But the real thing is on the way. It's here, actually. So, what do we do in 2024? 2024 is going to be a year of selection and preparation. I wrote it down. Hello? 2024 is going to be a year. Everybody say it after me. Of selection and preparation. Of those who will inherit and partake of the spirit without measure from about 2025 and onwards. So, got a year, got a year to prepare properly. So, what should Israel do? That's what the prophet does, the son of Issachar, uh, understanding of the years and what Israel ought to do during those years. So what should the church do in 2024? My message is coming to an end. You should prepare yourself. How? Concentrate on the prosperity of your soul. I spoke of it on Christmas Day, talking about making more room for Jesus. You know, is it like a sequence of messages? And I spoke of it this morning in church. Concentrate on the prosperity of your soul. Every day, you should pray for more of the humility. Of course, you can't pray. You, you humble yourself. You see, God is not going to humble you. But you choose to fear God. So you humble yourself. You submit to the will of God. 
then you say with your mouth, I am more meek and lowly in heart. Do it every day. Each day, God will answer that prayer and you'll get more humble. So you'll be more humble today than you were yesterday. And you'll be more humble tomorrow than you were today. And you keep doing that through 2024. Number two, I'm saying what Israel ought to do. Number two, pray daily for more of the spirit of wisdom and revelation. It follows the other one. Because revelation cannot come if there's no humility. So the more humility, the more revelation. More of the spirit of pray from Ephesians 1 prayer and some of the other Pauline prayers. It's all in our app, you know, <clears throat> and we've given you all the instructions on Christmas Day so that you can really, you know, hand on to. Then number three, pray for every day for more of the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, meekness, self-control, and patience. So you will think, you will speak, you will feel, you will act like God in every circumstance and situation. And you yourself, you can, you can, you know, you can, you can, you can measure yourself. It's metrics. Spiritual metrics. A metric is just something you use to measure. You'll be able to look at yourself. Have I more fruit today than I had yesterday? Sometimes the daily metric is not so something. Sometimes you look at it quarterly. Every month. Every three months. Ah, yes! Then you are confident that you may be accounted worthy. I said it today during the message about end time Goshen's. The perils of the end time are not going to get, they're not going to reduce. They're going to increase. But there will be Goshen's of protection and refuge for the people of God. And even honest hearted unbelievers. <clears throat> Bimbo, put the uh, chart up now. Good. Timeline of the Feast of Tabernacles. 1900 to 1950, about. Season of trumpets is being fulfilled. You know, you know, Azusa Street Revival, you know, the regathering of Israel, the evangelicals, the Pentecostals, and the kingdom people in 1948. I spoke about that. Tick has been fulfilled. Number two, 1950 to 2000, season of Day of Atonement is being fulfilled. Revelation and experience of cleansing perfection. From 995 onwards, it's happening. It's happening now. All my Christian years, I really never heard anybody preach and teach with clarity on perfection until this. It came, it just started pouring out around that time. And all in line with the Word of God. The third section is where we are now. 2000 to 2050, divided into two sections. The season of ingathering, the ingathering of the fruit of the Spirit, perfect the love of God, it is being fulfilled as we speak. It is those that practice that, they don't have to be perfect, perfect, but they have to practice it, that will get to the next section, which is 2025 to 2050, that will be in gathering of disciples. Now, I always joke with you, I'm going to send you to Afghanistan. It's no longer a joke. You're going. Yeah. 
But I'm not going to say anybody doesn't have spirit without measure. <laughs> I will not send them to their death. If you're not doing it here in Ibadan, you're not going anywhere. <laughs> it is people I see that, huh, this one can handle it. Then I'm going to go and drop you behind enemy lines. <laughs> Hello. Wave to me now. Ever boot on. See, truth doesn't want to hear the truth. So, yeah, God, we will all bless you. You know, 2024 is going to be a great year. It's going to be victorious year. Are you listening to me? Like I said in the afternoon, it's going to be a great year. But the thing is, you concentrate on the prosperity of your soul. Then, 2024, you know what you're going to see? You're going to see more healing, more health in your life. You're going to see more prosperity. More blessing in every area of your life. Your profiting will appear in all things in 2024. But all is tied to the prosperity of your soul. The more you prosper your soul, the more you will see those things. Hello? You can take this off now as I close. I want to look at one... Uh, yeah. A few more scriptures and then we go, we're done. Look at Hebrews, no, Hosea chapter 6. Hosea 6, verses 2 and 3. Great scripture. He says, After two days he will revive us as he gives life. He's talking about cleansing perfection. Then in the third day, he will raise us up. He's talking about manifesting perfection, the spirit without measure. And we will live in his presence. Verse 3. Then, then when? Then after two days. Then in the third day. We will, shall we know if conditional? We follow on to know the Lord. His going forth is as prepared as the morning. And he shall come unto us as the rain. As a latter rain and the former is speaking of the spirit without measure onto the earth. So what's going to happen is this. When you're talking about the reviving, the cleansing perfection, you're counting from the birth of Christ. When you're talking about the raising up, you know, and the glory, you're, you're, you're talking from the time of the maturity of Christ, which is at the age of 30. Now it's when Christ inherited the spirit without measure. So if you're looking at 1995 which is a the third 1,000 year from the birth of Christ, you now add 30 to it, you get 2025. That's the time we're in now. So this 2024 is a preparation year. A year of cleansing. A year of preparation. More humility. More fruit. More revelation. Prayer. Walking in the Spirit, all these things we've taught. We're not going to teach all of that tonight. So, I need to just add a few details here. I wrote here in my notes. Thank you, Jesus. About 2025, and I use the word about deliberately, because... We're dealing with prophetic shadows. Yes, I didn't say this. I should say it. And there's a God and man, prep God and man cooperation. 
That is why the Bible talks in Second Peter, says we hasten. I mean, ah, can I delay? Yes. Can I hasten it? Yes. Thank God for our fathers. Instead of 2050, we got the thing in 2048. We brought it two years ahead. In, um, um, uh, in, uh, for cleansing perfection, we got it in 995. We brought it five years ahead. Yes, we can hasten it. Yes, we can hasten it. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. So, in this season that is coming, we can hasten it. And we will hasten it in Jesus' name. God told Israel, He told Abraham, He said, You're going to spend 400 years. But Israel actually did not come out of Egypt until 430 years. Why? Moses. Moses killed the Egyptian and tried to use natural power to do only what could be done by the Spirit. And God got to get him out of there, took him to the land of Midian, and broke him and his pride for another 40 years. It was after he was ready. He appeared to him in a burning bush and told him, now go back. If the Moses... That killed the Egyptian was the one that brought them out of the promised land. Nobody would have survived. Turn to your neighbor and say, God knows what he's doing. God is in control. So that's why it's about what we're doing or not doing can either hasten or delay. But I believe since we got it right in the first two seasons, we'll get it right in the third season. Get right in the third season. The other thing I have here is that, so about 2025, the flood of glory will hit the church. And the foundation of the temple will be laid. So, are we not the temple? No, we're a tabernacle. As of today. We're not a temple yet. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. Hello? And look at verse 20. Ephesians chapter 2. Paul is writing by revelation. In his time, he said, well, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. And are built on what? The foundation of the what? The apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ in himself being the chief cornerstone. In whom all the building fitly framed together, graith unto a holy temple on the Lord. In whom you also are built together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. This was experienced to a small a degree in the early church, built on the foundation of Peter, James, Paul, John, those apostles who inherited, they didn't, they, they didn't get the full thing, but they got spirit out measure from the Lord Jesus Christ. And that temple was built, but you know what? It was destroyed. It was destroyed in history. 
No, no marvel. What happened in history? The temple of Solomon was built. It was destroyed by the Babylonians. Then Zerubbabel and, uh, and Ezra and others came and then rebuilt the temple again. Now is when that prophecy came that the glory of this latter house shall be greater than the former. History is repeating itself. It always does. So now in this time, we are going to rebuild the temple again. Just like Nehemiah and, 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 and Zerubbabel and others rebuild the temple. With a spirit without measure that is going to be released in the flood of glory, we will lay the foundation on present day apostles and prophets with the same Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. It will not be a tabernacle. The tabernacle does not have a foundation. The tabernacle is made up of animal skins. The material is... So that's why after some years... But the temple is going to be built with stones. Hallelujah. The Bible speaks of it in 1 Kings chapter 6. He said, great stones of 8 cubits and, and 10 cubits. And God is preparing them now. Glory be to God. And when our temple is finished, and it will be finished, take about seven years, same time as Solomon's temple, about seven years, it will be built in troublous times. During that time, there will be a universal persecution of the church. You'll be hated of all nations for my, this is all still ahead of us, for my name's sake. And they will try and, you know, kill some of us, but they won't succeed. They will not succeed. You go and read this. In, it's in Matthew chapter 24. I'm not going to go back there. You know, it says, You'll be hated of all nations for my name's sake. But he that endureth unto the end, shall die. the temple will be finished. And the glory of God will inhabit the temple. And what we see and read, what we have read in First Chronicles chapter 5, and that all the people were gathered together, and 120 priests. And says, and the glory of God filled the house of God. All that will happen again. With greater glory and with greater vision. All this is ahead of us. But this, where we are in now, is the time of preparation. You need to know that. That your heart will not be, you know, uh, <clears throat> Bible says hope deferred makes the heart sick. The other thing that I must mention as I close is that they're going to be, after the temple is finished and the glory of God inhabits the temple, then some of the things we've prophesied and said over the years will now become commonplace. Kenneth Hagin prophesied this. Many of the great prophets, they'll prophesy this, that a time is going to come in the church where healing will be as common as tongues is now. I'm talking about spectacular healings. Cancer and all that. No problem. Virtue went out of him and healed them all. Now, we see once the temple is finished and more people inherit this spirit without measure, both inheritance and, and borrowed, we're going to see spectacular manifestations of the power and the glory of God that has not been seen since the time of Jesus. Then it's even going to be greater. This is all... That is ahead of us. With that power and that glory, it will take us 
just about 14 years. Again, about. It's a shadow. Two times seven. Or should we say seven times two? Seven is completion to his witness. The completion of making disciples in every tribe, tongue, and kindred. That will take us from 2025, where we lay the foundation, finish the temple about 2032, then another 14 years later, you get 2046. So we beat it. We bring it from 2050. Now, I'm not saying it's going to be exactly like that, but I'm saying that's the time, the timeline, the time frame. What I have done, what I've been instructed to do and I've done tonight, is give you a prophetic overview of the next 30 years or 40 years. And what we're going to do in 2024 now and the years to come, you can see how it's going to fit in to the general overall plan. Believe his prophets, so shall ye prosper. Stand to your feet. I know it's not the most Yahoo message. But you don't need a Yahoo message. You need a message that will properly prepare you. I'm 64 years old. By the grace and the mercy of God. My wife is 63. We're looking at the next 20, 30 years. By the time we'll be where we're in our 80s and 90s. By the time this whole thing is wrapping up, the rapture. So we're going to stay in good health. I spoke about Moses today. He says his natural strength was not abated. His eye was not dim. So I say, how? The man lived in the presence of God. He lived in the glory of God. But when he came back from man, they couldn't look at his face because of the intensity of the light that was coming out of him. Hallelujah! The glory of God. Live in the glory. Prosper your soul so you can enjoy more healing, more health, more prosperity. Our closing. Don't listen to lying prophets. They'll tell you a lot of exciting that will itch your ears. But they're not telling you the truth. The truth is in this Bible, which I have preached to you tonight. What I have told you now is going to secure your future. You will fulfill your destiny. You will live long. You will prevail. Where iniquity is abounding, grace will much more abound in your life. Where sickness is abounding, healing will abound much more in your life. Where poverty is abounding, uh, uh, um, prosperity will abound much more in your life. You will spend your days in pleasure and your years in prosperity. What I've told you tonight, if you will listen and you will hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God, will secure your life and your future. You can sit down now and plan your future. Don't waste your time. Don't waste your life. Don't follow the world. And don't follow the majority of the church. You've seen these last few years. God has exposed them. 
I'm going to follow somebody. He said, follow them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Follow them who are doing the word of God. If they speak not according, he said, to the law and to the testimony. What have I preached you tonight? The law and the testimony. So if they speak not according to this word, he says, because there is no light in them. Let's talk to God. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We believe these words have empowered you to live a victorious, transcendent life in Christ. Our mission is to equip God's people for service and build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. We encourage you to enjoy and share from thousands of resources, including books, sermons, prophecies, and articles available on our website, spcconline.org. Thank you, and God bless you.